0: So we can we can move on. Okay. So we were just talking about in the last year that we were doing on Shabbos, we talked about menucha. We talked about the the, or we defined menucha as the opposite of stress. And that it's not it's not necessarily that Hashem stopped working because Hashem continued to maintain the world after the world was created. And Hashem is constantly creating the world. So it's not that Hashem didn't create the world or He didn't create things, but He created manuka. The creation of manuka is the creation of uh, vulnerability. It's the opposite of stress. Stress is the opposite of vulnerability. Stress means that we try to control and put expectations and all kinds of things on top of us in order to make sure that life is going to work out a certain way. And menucha is the ability to surrender all of that, not sacrifice. Sacrifice is part of the world of of expectation. Surrender to let go and to not need to 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 need to be in control is what it means to experience vulnerability. And vulnerability, I think, is probably a very accurate description of what the word menucha means. Menucha doesn't mean certainty. Menucha means the, the, the non-need for certainty. I don't need certainty. That's what Amuna is, faith. Faith is the ability to say that I don't know that there's a Hashem. I don't know how things are going to work out, but I believe. And that belief gives me the capacity to be vulnerable. It gives me the capacity to experience menuchas anefesh. And so we said that the the, the psychological experience of Amuna. Is a is menucha which we're translating as being vulnerability, and that's what Shabbos is. Shabbos is the one day a week that is gives us a chance to tune back into vulnerability. If we can bring from Shabbos the beauty of Shabbos, the menucha of Shabbos into the six days of the week, that means that we can we can learn how to go through the six days of the week without stress we can carry the energy of menucha into the six days of the week and and work with a shabbos mentality and then we can bring both the the energy from the past shabbos and the energy that prepares for the next shabbos we can bring them all together then we then we have the ability to bring mashiach because mashiach is about the 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 coming together of the revealed work, which is the six days of the week, and the hidden manucha, and the revealed manucha of Shabbos. When we can bring those things together, then we have, we, we've really completed it, and Mi'yad Nigel, and we have Ge'ula right away. That means if, obviously, the, 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 the galas of the neshama is all, based, is all hidden under stress, expectation, stress. All pain is related somehow to expectation to the destruction of the ego. And so, menucha then is the ability to, to not need to be, to not need expectation, to not need to feel in control, and to allow instead the deeper vulnerabilities of who we are to, to be worn on our sleeves, so to speak. And that's that's how we, we explained what the Machabra, what the Sidurish Shabbos is saying, about the Gemara, um, Sharmash Shabbos is Miad If Klavi would keep two Shabbosos, then we would have Gula right away. So the question is raised is it, is it not healthy to expect? It's not healthy to expect, but let's define it. What we'll, 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 we'll say is that we can hope, we could plan, we could dream but we don't need to expect expectation is to take all of those things like hoping and planning and dreaming and searching for goals and and trust trust is part of part of that all of those things are all things that we we do but expectation is taking all those things and including in it the need for it to work out the the way that i want it to work out that's 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 how we, we can define expectation. It's 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 putting everything on, on the steroids of it needs to be like this, right? It has to be like this. So that's the manucha of Shabbos. That's the ability to bring Shabbos into the six days of the week. So the mechaber goes on in the sedurishal Shabbos where in the hakdama it's ice hay, and like I said, we're going to skip a lot of ois and ois and try to get to Ois-Zayin. And, and we'll skip it, but we'll, we'll talk about it outside a little bit, about what he says. <clears throat> he says that he quotes from, a, from a, a Pusik. He quotes from different Zayars, he quotes from different places. But as a hakdama to the next point that he wants to make... He says that our Kaddish Baruch Hu says to Klal Yisrael, "Yeshad Lubavli Datsai. If you if you work, you put effort into my work. If you if you live your life trying to do my work, my will. V'yiru Lasis Ratzai Nay. And you and you spend your time seeing to it that you do my will. Va'az. Then what happens is Yalla Eisim La'Olamas Al Yoyim Makadoshim V'Neiram U'Meleim Kol then if you spend your time invested in living my way and not not your way, you spend your time searching for me in the world and not necessarily expecting life to work out the way you want it to, then Hashem says, I'm going to raise you up to all these worlds. We'll talk about what that means in a minute, an hour madrig, whatever that means. And Hashem says, this is here. He's 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 explaining what he had just quoted in a in a long quote from the Zayar. He, Hashem says to Yisrael, "You can navigate and contemplate all kinds of deep mystical worlds while you're still here on planet Earth. You don't need to die in order to taste Olam Haba." So so Kalal Yisrael answers Hashem and says to Hashem, what are you talking about? How could we, lowly people, human beings who see with physical eyes, who have physical hearts, physical minds, physical senses, everything's all physicality and materiality, how do we have the capacity to think about such great mystical things and, and have such deep experiences of spirituality and experiencing uh, mystical realms and spirit, like, how is that possible? So Hashem answers them and He says to them, His Get involved in the Torah. And, and, and experience it and you'll know. If you involve yourself in Torah, then you will see these mystical worlds that we're talking about. You will see them and experience them. I'm just going to quote that. And and in order to explain or to deepen what he says, I want to quote to you something from Rav Cook. And this will be a hakdama a to... This will be a hakdama to um, what what the next point that he wants to make about Shabbos. One second, let me let me pull this let me pull the screen back up. There we go. So Rav Cook, this is one. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to have a favorite safer from Rav Cook, but here, Rav Cook and Shemina Kvatzim. We've quoted from him. I've quoted from him before. Rav Cook had these like little tweets before there was such a thing as Twitter. He had these little tweets that he wrote. They were just like blob journal entries, random thoughts that are, in many ways, very inaccessible. they they've somebody's reworked it to kind of bring it down and and uh, give some footnotes and some explanations for some of the. Uh, some of the hard words that that he's talking about here. Um, so Rav Kook in Shmaya Kvatzim, in its in Echad or Kovitz Aleph, the first journal, and the letter is fifty-five Nun Hey, and it's here on the screen. And Rav Kook says something that um, has a lot of depth to it. He says Harayon, the idea, or the news that all of reality is really just godliness. And there is nothing else that exists other than Hashem. This idea that all of reality is God, es it, halev It it gives joy to the heart. A tremendous joy to the heart. That there's Before we go any further, in other words, if you want to know what it means to experience godliness, then the first thing you have to realize is that godliness brings joy. The more godliness you experience, the more joy you experience. The more non-joy you experience, the more non-godliness you experience. So that's number one. But, but number two... We have to talk about what what he means here when he says that everything is godliness and there's nothing else other than godliness, that all reality is an Indian of God. What that means, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, practically what that means, or one of the implications. And now he goes further, this spiritual pleasure, this spiritual pleasure, that this idea uh, um, uh, surrounds, one second, here, the, this spiritual pleasure, pleasure, the spiritual pleasure in and of itself is the expression of the truth of this, of this idea. In other words, it's experiential. It's not simply just an idea that everything is godliness. It's something that's, that a person is filled completely with joy when he recognizes that everything is godliness. And, and, and the joy itself is the expression of that magnificent idea. So let's, let's um, try to explain what this means. And we'll continue, just, just because we're all, we're all speaking the language of, of psychology, we'll just continue this in, in the realm of psychology. Because everything that, ex, that we experience in our, in, within ourselves are all a muscle. They're all a, um, a story that tells the story of godliness. And so when we think about what goes on inside of us, the inner processes, the inner world, when we think about those things, we have to recognize that taking care and being invested and engaged in our own interiority, in our own interior world, is in and of itself a godly endeavor. It's in a certain way, by dealing with the different aspects of our own lives, We're playing chess with God's world. We're not playing chess against God. We're playing chess with God's world. We're building things. Everything that exists inside of me is another pawn and another knight and another rook in this great big chess game that that Hashem is playing, not against me, but with me. And so everything that happens is in and of itself an unfolding of godliness. The worst experience that a person can feel is shame. And one of the elements of shame is the very terrible experience of self-doubt. Self-doubt doesn't just mean that I'm uncertain or I have a little bit of self-esteem. Self-doubt is an unconscious mechanism that takes place within us that automatically pulls us away from whatever. It, it makes us avoid whatever situation it is. It makes me second guess every decision that I make, whether it's prior to making the decision, in middle of the decision, or after the decision is made. Self-doubt is the experience of looking at myself and seeing that I'm not there. And a constant, it's fear-based, but like a vacuum, it just kind of sucks everything out of you. Everything out of you. That's what self-doubt is i'm assuming in some way shape or form all of us could relate to what this what this what self-doubt is but self-doubt is all an illusion the whole thing is 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 an illusion and the illusion is that it's not that i don't know what decision to make i know what decision to make but the mechanism inside of me that doubts says who are you to make the decision the decision you made, you need to be afraid of. And so even though I've made the decision, self-doubt cripples me and says, no, 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 no. The decision is not a good decision. Uh, it's not It's not good. It's not good. Avoid, 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 avoid. Run away, run away, run away. What self-doubt does is it creates the illusion that I'm not present in this moment, that I can't be here. I watched the TED Talk recently. I don't remember who it was. It wasn't. Like particularly great. But the person, the person said, it was the line was the line was so true. She said that when in, in school, when we grow up, we, we learn that education and knowledge is the most important thing. But when you're an adult, one of the things you realize is that boldness is a lot more important than knowledge. And it's very true. It doesn't mean boisterousness, it doesn't mean that you have to be an extrovert, but to be bold means. To not allow self-doubt to threaten your ambitions in life, to not allow self-doubt to to threaten your decisions you make in life. Because self-doubt is one of the worst, one of the worst illusions that happen. It's like FOMO. FOMO is the fear that creates a reality, right? Fear creates a reality. That's what FOMO is. FOMO is not that I'm missing out on something. FOMO is my fear creates a reality that because I'm not there, I'm missing out, which essentially means because I'm here, it's not good. Right? That's what FOMO is. It's an irrational illusion that's that's not based on reality. It's a focus on something that's there. If I'm not there, then I'm not there. I'm not missing there. I'm just not there. I'm here. And right here, this is where my Party is. And it could be that that a lot of people over there are having fun That's true, but just because there's an opportunity for me to be there doesn't mean that there's an expectation for me to be there. And the expectation is only created by fear. My ability to be present where I am is what it means to be present where I am. Fear and self-doubt create mushrooms and umbrellas and and volcanoes, eruptions of all different things that I woulda, shoulda, coulda done. In reality, it's a complete focus on that which isn't. When Hashem created the world, kabbalistically, before Hashem created the world, we say that Hashem was everything. Right? I forget. I forgot the exact words of what I was saying. Um, Hashem is, fills everything. And he encapsulates everything. So if that's the case, all the Meqbalim ask, if Hashem filled everything and everything was godly, then where did Hashem create the world? Where's the place that Hashem created the world? If everything is filled with infinity, then there's no reality. There's no material reality. So what they come up with is that Hashem Kaviachal made a space within himself. He withdrew He withdrew from a certain, in a certain way, he withdrew, and the withdrawal is what in and of itself created space. Hashem withdrew within himself, and he created space. And then in that space, he started to create reality. Now, this is a deep, a deep thing. I don't I don't claim to 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 know uh, uh, enough about it. I certainly want to know more and understand more. But one of the biggest machlokism between the Bali the in Chassidus and the Bali machshava in the in the, the students of the Gra is how do we understand this contraction, what's called Tsimsom. How do we understand this withdrawal, that Hashem removed Himself from the world? He, he, he removed Himself somehow, and that reality was created in that empty space, in that halal Haponoi. It would seem to be that if you just learn Kabbalah straight, that there's such a sense that Hashem has removed Himself from the world, and that this is a phone, This is a pen, and they're not the same thing, and there's space between the two of them. In that space, there's nothingness, and that in all of reality, there are pockets of nothingness. And all all the different aspects and all the different places that we have in reality are talking different than each other, which means that since I finished drinking this cup, there's nothing in the cup. If there's nothing in the cup, then there's nothingness, then nothingness exists, and then nothingness is the absence of any presence. You following what I'm saying? The question is: Did Hashem, if Hashem removed Himself, then that means that the Koyach Harah, the Koyach of Evil, can exist. That means evil is actual an existence. Satan, the Satan, actually exists. The emptiness in this cup is actually a real emptiness, it's devoid of anything. There's nothing in this cup. A pen is only a pen, it can't be anything else. Finite reality is defined by its finiteness. The challenge of that is that dark matter, dark space, empty space, then is empty. And that means that there's no godliness there. There's no god in that space. If you bring God into that space, you could bring God into that space. If you go to Ecuador, you can bring God to Ecuador. If you go to Cuba, you can bring God to Cuba. If you go to your living room, you can be God to bring God to your living room. And if you if you do an Aveira caviar, God leaves that place. So you could destroy God in Yerushalayim. You could destroy God in New York. You could do all kinds of things. Dubai. Right. So says Rav Kook. this idea, shekol kula hirak that all of reality is an Indian of godliness. There is no place that exists in this world, even the emptiness, even the place that Hashem removed Himself from, that removal that Hashem removed Himself to be able to create finite reality was not a real removal. Hashem created the illusion that He's not there. Self-doubt creates the illusion that I am not present, that I am not good enough, that my boldness is not not worth it, that my goodness is not really that important, that the, the negative things in life are really more reality. It's more deep to be sad and broken and, and angsty and nihilistic than it is to be joyful and grateful and full of life. It's more real, right? Usually, usually when we talk about being authentic people, we talk about being authentically down. Somebody who has the ability to like say, oh man, I had such a hard day and, and talk about how like life is so difficult, we call that authenticity. But someone who says, you know, I'm so grateful for this or that, they get very quickly accused of like, oh, you're just uh, you know, you're you're you're, uh, you're just in the box. You don't you don't get it. You don't really get life. Harayon, this idea This idea that Hashem is in everything that exists and that it's not possible. That Hashem ex- does not exist somewhere, which for out for us, what that means, the, the way we understand that, the way the best way we can understand that is when we when we think of self-doubt. Even in moments where, where I doubt myself, even in moments where I'm down on myself, even in moments where I feel like I don't have the right to make a decision, even in moments when I'm crumbling under shame, I have to re- remember and believe that everything is an Indian of LA and that means everything for me is an Indian of my neshama. My neshama is kulay tight, my neshama is kulay beautiful, my neshama is kulay filled with beauty. There is nothing There is nothing in me that is devoid of the beauty of my neshama. Nothing. No matter how far I've gone, no matter how many areas I've done, no matter how dirty my mind is, no matter how messed up I am, no matter how disgusting I am, no matter how down, I can even be suicidal and still remember, even while I'm suicidal, I'm still filled with my neshama. This idea that, that Hashem is in everything, this idea that my neshama is in everything, it, it, it inspires joy in us. What is Ma'aneg? Ma'aneg is the verb of joy. What's the verb of, of making something joyful? Anybody can give it a shot. What what word can we use to say like to bring joy to something? I don't know, but ma'aneg is uh, what? It, it, pleasures. It, it 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 gives pleasure Ple- pleasure <laughs> is the experience of pleasure right to to pleasure pleasure, pleasure is, a, is a verb pleasure is a past tense to pleasure pleasure S at the end right okay. right to pleasure as a verb correct Huma negas <inaudible> pleasures the heart very much and that pleasure the ability to hold on to that pleasure in, in all the craziness of all the negativity in life is in and of itself the biggest proof of the existence of the neshama. Hope is the biggest proof of the existence of the neshama. The ability to be, even if you hit the end of your rope, to remember that everything is an Indian of elikus, of everything is an Indian of godliness, That is the, that that number one brings pleasure, but that also is the biggest proof that that everything is godliness. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna use that as a haktama, and we're going to go um, into one more thing, and then we're gonna we're just gonna kind of bring this back to Shabbos. So. So what he says here is, I'm, I'm just gonna quote this out, out loud. What he says here is that, that a person who learns Tyra, a person that that is is osake their life through the lens of Kus, a person who lives their life recognizing that there's that even in those places where it feels like God is devoid, Hashem is still there, even in places within myself where self-doubt uh, wants me to avoid life, I still recognize that I'm still, I'm still present, even in the midst of, 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 of self-doubt. <clears throat> so then that person that can take their life seriously could look into Tyra and take the Tyra seriously. And when when I learn Torah from that space, where I recognize that the Torah is there, not not as an abstract concept or abstract demand from some abstract God, but that the Torah are the eyes to help me see that I exist in all, not just 613 things, The the, the Torah is there, right? What somebody said today, there's 613 mitzvahs, and this year we added on a 614th, that's masks, right? So the 613 mitzvahs I say, and the seven extra mitzvahs I say, and all of the menhagim that we have, all of those things are there as a way of demonstrating that I matter in this world. Because all of those things are are there for me to express my neshama into this world? All of Torah is there, as Hashem saying, "You want to try on the, the 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 glasses. You want to wear the eyes that I wear. You want to see the world through the way I see the world. You want to see you want to see yourself in this world through the way I see you in this world. Then you have to learn Torah. Then you have to recognize. You have to look at all of religion." All of religion is there as a way of teaching you how to activate your spirituality, how to bring your spirituality from potential into reality. So if you do that, then you you have the capability of seeing all of the elements of the world. You could see all of the dimensions of the world. You could see from practical reality all the way to the deepest spiritual. Um, vast plains of, of whatever goes on in the heavens with malachim, that's, you know, that, those are things that are way above us. But you can also, very simply, you can, we can understand this. It's, it's not exactly a direct correlation, but you can understand it. The, the, you could look at the, the practical successes you have in life, you could look at the efforts you have in life, you could look at the things that give you meaning in life, you could look at the love and the relationships you have in life. You could look at the personal character traits that you have, that you enjoy. You could look at all the way down to the fact that you yourself matter, that experience that you matter. You, you have the capacity to see all of it if you engage in Tyra. You can, you can, you can do all of that through meditating also, but uh, and, and it's a different, a, different, a different discussion for a different time about why Tyra specifically and why religion specifically. That's a different discussion. But the idea of Tyra is to bring all of it together, bring all of spiritual reality and all material reality all together into one package, that you see that you exist in everything and that everything is rock inlicocus. And, 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 and based on this, he says, this is an Ice Zion. He has a whole different. He goes through a whole bunch of different other drushes in, in the in the two in the two paragraphs before this. But I'm in the middle of Zion, and he says like this: Kiadua, shemitzvas who hachashiv shememitzvas tairah The mitzvah of Shabbos is the most chashiv mitzvah in all the Torah. al bria because Shabbos. Is the is the the mitzvah that explains and it points us to the creation of the world and the khidusha ilam, that Hashem is continuously creating the world on a consistent basis. That is the mitzvah of Shabbos. Shabbos is there to teach us and show us, like we, like we said, Shabbos is there to let us be vulnerable. It's it's not just, in other words, vulnerability. And taking a break from work is the recognition that work is also an illusion. The, the main thing is my soul. I work hard all day. I work hard all week, that's for sure. But the main thing is my menuchas sanefesh, my ability to be and not to do. So that's the Indian of Shabbos. Shabbos is that the world was created as opposed to the world just existing. If the world just existed, then there would be no Shabbos. But if the world is created... Then I stop once a week and I recognize that the work is an illusion. The, the, all, all, of the, all of reality is an illusion. Everything boils down to something above the illusion. If it wasn't an illusion, you'd need to continue working the seventh day also. The Amru and the Medra says that Shabbos is Shakula Kanegat Shabbos is equivalent to all of Torah. Umamela. V'adai, it has to be, he says, through us keeping and being mekayim the mitzvahs of Shabbos, it's possible, alman toven be'esek In whatever way working through Torah can bring a person to seeing all kinds of deeper, mystical, spiritual experiences, Shabbos, he says, can bring you even higher than learning Torah. Because Shabbos, he quotes from the Medrash, is, is connected all of, all of Torah. And so if Torah could bring you to such high madragas that a person could see and experience, there is nothing that's not godliness. There's nothing in my life that's not my neshama. There's nothing in my life. There's no shame. There's nothing that could break reality apart. There's nothing that's devoid of beauty. Then if that's what Torah can do, then Shabbos could do that even better. And he says, to quote this, there's a, there's a Gemara in Brachos. The Gemara in Brachos says that there are five things. There are five things. The, the Gemara is, is quoting all different kinds of numbers. And the Gemara is just like using different, he's saying like, the Gemara says like, you know, what things are number five? What things are number six? So the Gemara says that there are five things that are one-sixtieths. There are five things that exist that are one-sixtieths. What are the five things? The Gemara says that fire is one-sixtieth of hell. Honey is one-sixtieth of the man that we, we got in the Midbar. Shabbos is one-sixtieth of Ilam Haba. Sleep is one-sixtieth of death. And dreams are one-sixtieth of Navua. So there's a lot of there's a lot of drushes that you can you can make about all those things. I had in my notes here that on Shabbos you sleep. Shabbos you're masakin death. That's why you sleep on Shabbos. It's one sixtieth of of death. Sleep is one sixtieth of death, and that's why at the end of Shabbos you go into Malav Amalke. Malav is the is the Indian of David. David is all about chiasa and all about you know uh, that's why people can't sleep on Matzah Shabbos. There's like an Indian in the world. So it's brought down in this form that way that much of Shabbos people are antsy, the world is like popping, everybody wants to, wants to run around and do stuff, because Shabbos is somehow connected to Chiyas So he says like this, Shabbos is 160th of Olam Habo. The Indian Echad Meshishim, what does it mean that Shabbos is 160th? What is the Gemara talking about when the Gemara says 160th? What does that have to do with anything? The Indian of 160th works like this. it has a little bit of a little bit. hatam from the taste of the flavors. The Indian of 160th, he goes on to say, is if you know, if you know halakha, if you have a pot that has 60 ounces or 60 quarts or whatever, 60 liters of, of, of fleshic soup. And you drop in one sixtieth of milk, then the pot is kosher. The pot is kosher. That's what the Gemara says. Why? So he explains because somehow the Indian, the, the Indian of one out of sixty, is connected to taste, to taste, to flavor. And so anything that's under one sixtieth you can't taste. That's not tangible in taste. So with food, the the iser of of mixing milk and meat if if it's less than the ability to taste then we say it's batal bishishan it does it doesn't count if it's more than a 60th then we we consider it halakhically as you can be able to taste it and therefore it's aser. so this is what he says the indian of 1/60th is The Indian of being able to taste. The Indian of 160th is you get to taste a little bit of the flavors of that beautiful spiritual enjoyment, that enlightenment we're going to get with Olam Mabah. More than 60, more than 60, you can't taste, it's not tangible. Like Like the Gemara says, like we just explained about batal mishishim and those how those halachas work. aval echad mishishim one out of sixty who remez al kotsa ha'acharan metiimas tam olim haba shemorges for You get to taste one sixtieth of olim haba on Shabbos. Ovichen bchal echad mishishim shemanu chachamenu sham hakol al derek And then he says all the all the things that we just mentioned in that Gemara. Fire, honey, Shabbos, sleep, and and dreams—all of those things work with that thing. That each one of those things is somehow a taste, It's a flavor. You get a flavoring of that. And and from that we can know how unbelievably good and the 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 experience of joy that is hidden. If you want to know. A little bit of what Eilim Haba is going to be like, then you what what for whatever it is you wake up Shabbos morning and you smell the chalent, or you or you you know you you can experience what it means to cuddle up with a book Friday night on the couch. Whatever whatever your comfort, whatever your association with Shabbos is, hopefully it's all good. Whatever those associations with the, the beauty of Shabbos, you could know that that's one sixtieth of what Eilim Haba is going to be like. That Eilim Haba is going to be one big Shabbos. With all your favorite people, with no masks and no social distancing—that's for sure. And from the mitzvah of Shabbos, we can bring, we can extend whatever we now know about Shabbos. We can extend it to all of Torah. In whatever way we were raised to know that that, that all of the mitzvahs of Torah are there to bring you to Olam Habah. What he's saying here is, is that if you understand that Shabbos. Is a, is a taste of Eilim Haba? Then Taira is a little bit like Shabbos because we said Taira is Torah is really all uh, Shabbos is really all of Taira. All of Taira somehow is connected to Shabbos. Torah is a is a hint to Shabbos. So if Shabbos could bring you one sixtieth of Eilim Haba, then the Torah can bring you one sixtieth of Eilim Haba. The idea in all of this in all of this uh, all of these ideas is really to stress one particular point, and that's really the whole point of Shabbos, and that is that even during the six days of the week, when we don't have the beauty and the comfort, and we don't have the joy and the, and the, and the, and the deliciousness of Shabbos, even when we don't have that, we have hints of it throughout the six days of the week. Sometimes those hints come through Torah, that's the, that's the main way. They come through Halacha. They come through following the, following the journey of Halacha. That's halacha's is journey. But it also comes from, it also comes from connection. It also comes from smiling at people. It also comes from recognizing within ourselves that there's nothing in this world that can destroy the presence of my own beauty. There's nothing in this world that can destroy my neshama. There's nothing in this world that can destroy the existence of Hashem. There's, there's no place that's not an Indian elecus, that's not a a, a flavor of, of Hashem. And so everything in this world is connected to Shabbos. Everything in this world is connected to Hashem. Everything in this world is godly. And we should never, ever, ever buy into the fictitious illusions that self-doubt have to sell us, because it's all an illusion. Self-doubt itself is an illusion, and it creates illusions. It creates the illusions of deficits that we spend our entire lives, building worlds and worlds and worlds. It's like, um, there was a comedian who once said that neurotics build castles in the sky, psychotics live in them, and my mother cleans them that was that was that's that was the comedian's line and uh and i i wanted to change it around and say sometimes psychologists uh um decorate them but be that as it may be that as it may um we don't need to build castles in the sky because that's what self-doubts would have us do we make drushes and we spend our whole life chasing all kinds of labels and opinions and and of how to deal with all different kinds of life challenges. But if, if you cut down to the chase, very often it's really not a life challenge. It's really just self-doubt. And self-doubt is the is the is the biggest uh, um, it's the biggest the Sahara It's really what the Nachash and Amalek is. Uh, we, as we're another we're in we're in Purim territory, at least you know, very early on. We're in Purim territory, we finished Chanukah now. That's the whole Indian of Suffolk of Amalek, is, is self-doubt. And it's insidious, and it all creates fantasies and illusions of the possibility that I'm not, I'm not good enough, I can't make this decision, I'm not reliable enough, I'm not bold enough, I can't, I just can't. And it keeps us stuck and mired in, in really nothingness. And so that's what Rav Kook is talking about. Rav Kook is talking about the idea kabbalistically. There's nothing that's devoid of Hashem. Even those spaces that are devoid of, of Hashem are not devoid of Hashem. And e- even in finite reality, there's infinity. Even in the six days of the week, there's Shabbos. <clears throat> so my bracha to all of us is that we, we can enter this Shabbos with a little taste. Especially now, it's the end of the end of Sefer Bereishis, but we can enter. Into this Shabbos, with all of realities, uh, both folded into each other, but expanded into the beauty of of boldness and beauty, the Shabbos.